Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants with whom this event would not be possible. And now, on to the episode. Risky roles, daring escapes, and high adventure among the stars. Welcome to our RPG one-shot set in the world of Scum and Villainy. Scum and Villainy is a forged-in-the-dark game about a spaceship crew trying to make ends meet under the iron-fisted rule of the galactic hegemony. Our players work together to thrive despite powerful criminal syndicates, warring noble families, and strange mystics. No one will tell this crew the odds as they take on jobs for thrill and profit. This episode is a special feature for International Podcast Month. You can find episodes from a variety of podcasts, blog posts, and more at internationalpodcastmonth.com. Please use the hashtag PodMonth20 to comment on this and any other IPM features this September. So can our ragtag band of scoundrels work together to make bank and spread their name across the sector? Or will they push their luck too far and end up on the wrong side of powerful enemies? Join us now to find out. We're going to be playing Scum and Villainy for this one-shot. My name is Bethany Aguad, she, her pronouns, and I'm from the D&D Raw podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel Anderlich, he, him pronouns, and I'm from the Explorers Wanted podcast. My name's Stace Babcock, she, her pronouns, and I'm also from the Explorers Wanted podcast. Hello, I'm Quinn, he, him pronouns, from the Monster Hour podcast. All right. So, to start our session of Scum and Villainy, I'd like to hear a little bit about the characters you've created. If you could give us a bit about who they are, where they come from, and what they do. I think we'll do the same order. So, Daniel, you're up first. Tell us about your character. My character's name is Mavorin, but he goes by the alias Pancake. He got this name <laughs> because he is a Xeno. His species at high G levels look relatively normal. So, but at anything that's like, you know, 1.5 G and below, he's a little bit like a blobfish. He's got four arms and he's looks kind of flabby and disgusting, like a Jabba that does cardio, if you want to think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get him at 2 G or above, he looks like a super cut cat-like humanoid. He's a pilot who craves risk. Wonderful. All right. Then Stace, tell us about your character. Yeah, my character is the Muscle. Her name is Eldra. Her alias is the Caretaker, but she doesn't call herself that. And she gets it from kind of her desire to help small and weak creatures. And that's also her vice. So just for you, Bethany, yeah. it should come up. I don't know, or hinder in any way. <laughs> She's a colonist. Uh, she was a construction worker, well, like a general laborer, but in construction. And... As a result of that, her look is like a modified construction worker, like the hard hat, the safety goggles, but it's been modified and reinforced over the years. And her weapon is a really handy sledgehammer that she calls Thunder. Very cool. And Quint, tell us about your guy. So I will be playing Alma Just 1. Alma Just is the mystic who is schooled in the ways of the way. Alma Just is a urbot, so, you know, a, a robot or a droid can picture uh, R2-D2, but uh, slightly more humanoid, actual like arms that exist in real time and full time. Almodus was developed by a hegemony cult to map out the currents and the way lines of the way. Uh, but obviously, if you construct any kind of robot who is capable of doing that, they will inevitably rebel against you. And that is exactly what Almodus did and escaped. Uh, now Almodus goes by the codename Jester to avoid being discovered, recaptured, and is just traveling the universe looking to learn more about the way 
that he was built to map and understand. At this point, you guys are leaving the studio. You are out in a corridor when you do hear an alarm start to sound because the broadcast did abruptly end. You might have gotten these robots on your side, but unfortunately, your actions have not gone unnoticed. You feel confident in your current group of allies, but you know there are other forces on this ship. What would you guys like to do to resolve the fact that you are quite confident there will be an armed response coming to the studio that you were exiting? Unless Jester or Pancake have ideas. Eldra's going to try to assimilate them into the crew <laughs> using command. All right. Ooh. So any new bots that arrive, you're just going to try to join them to your new army. And get the ones that we have now used to listening to us versus the AI. Okay. That seems good to okay. me. Okay. All right. There might be a series of encounters. We might not resolve this all at once, but we're saying for the first okay, bots yeah. that arrive, they arrive on the scene. They're definitely not like shoot on sight or anything like that. They're here to apprehend. You can see that they're armed with like really sophisticated nets <laughs> for, for capturing, you know, any sort of ne'er-do-wells. Not you, obviously, in general, but in this case, you guys who come marching from a side corridor as you're on your way to the control module and Eldra steps up. And, and what's your, your pitch to the new bots? Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the station. It's good to see you. Now, I don't know if you know what we're doing here, but we're kind of freeing all the bots that are with us. You can see we have some on our side already. Now, we would welcome you to join our crew. You would be very welcome here. I think you have a place with us. And, you know... The alternative is kind of, we're going to have to mess you up. We're going to have to deactivate you or smash you. And we're not really into that. We're all about bot freedom. So why don't you come on board? I love that you sound like a Disney tour guide. <laughs> you do the double finger point. <laughs> As you can see, we have some bots here. <laughs> That's great. I will say this would be a, a, a risky role. It might have limited effect. Your pitch is solid, but you are just a random person talking to some bots. So... I will say you could adjust that if you wanted to try a more desperate role to have a standard effect, because right now the effect would be pretty limited for your command. I think that I would like to push myself. Okay. So that'll give you two stress. I mean, I could assist also. You could. Right? Yeah. Uh, which means uh, Jester would take one stress to assist, which would give another die. Because at the end of the day, this is an intimidation role. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Join us or die, I believe is the heart of yeah. your message. <laughs> it is. I will absolutely take a stress to assist you as well. Yeah, I don't know if Jester's super intimidating. Okay, I think you could be assisted by one person. So, in that case, would Pancake be taking the stress? Yeah, I think so. He's, you know, he's got repair tools on him. So, while that's pro that probably has both good and negative connotations to robots, so he's probably brandishing his most destructive ones. Yes, I think that sounds fair. And you do hear that distinctive clatter of metal feet on grating that you know this is not happening just once. There's going to be more of these. But this is your first your first attempt. So you push yourself so you're going to get an extra die. And then you got an assist from Pancakes that would give you another. And you have how many points in command? Just one. Just one. So that would give you, in the end, three dice. I was pointing out this is a risky roll that would have l limited effect. But you can trade position for effect. So you could do a desperate role for a standard effect. It might be more useful. I actually think I will do it that way. That's Can't guarantee that will succeed, but just a point so you know that's an option. So two additional dice? That's correct. So your highest roll was a four, which cool. is a success, but with a complication. So you're going to get this first bot that has arrived uh, preparing to capture you on your side to join your 
new bot army <laughs> of robot, robot uprising. uprising. Sorry, that's that's the correct label. <laughs> and that's the net positive, but there's going to be some sort of complication. So that could be harm, that could be a, a loss of opportunity. I'm open to suggestions on what that looks like. Would having to combat the remaining robots in that group be harm? We'll say you're successful on this first attempt, but there's going to be future robots, so you'll have to deal with oh. them separately. So we can't do all... So we got them all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got this this first bunch. It's a big station, so at least making it, okay. you're making it out away from the uh, the recording studio, you know, that broadcast station that you were initially in, so that you won't be right at that point they're all expecting you to be. So you're making it past there, acquiring new followers. So we're dealing with the interns right now, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's the first line. You would suspect there might be further. These were not intending to harm you. It would seem they were, you know, to capture you. Yeah. I will say also, harm doesn't always have to be physical. There could be a personal consequence for Eldra, who might get a little power hungry. Maybe that's overstating, but you are now the leader, uh, de facto, of the uprising, despite Jester starting it. Maybe she gets attached to them like she does to the small animals she takes care of. That's a good one. You could become, I would say, overprotective could be a first level harm. So you would start to put their well-being before your own. And the mission. You look into their little robot faces, and there's just something about them. Their little big eyes. They're elders now. They look like those <laughs> Japanese squirrels. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> By the way, I jotted down some ideas. Nothing I have is at all relevant to where we are now. <laughs> and that's totally cool with me. I just think it was hilarious. I imagine things went off the rails literally as soon as... Jester started talking. <laughs> Jester started sharing his life story um, live. <laughs> Put a camera in front of him. I didn't know this about Jester, but apparently it's true. He just, he's a sharer, I think, at heart, right? You know, he just, he felt so alone for so long that the opportunity to share means a lot. And that's why he has these new, yep. um... <laughs> kindred? Kindred. There you go. That's perfect. Ooh, that's Very good. nice. So these are your kindred. Eldra just calls them her children. All right, so these are your <laughs> children uh, who you are now going to protect. All right, so you guys are moving forward. The alarms are still going off. You suspect that as the alarms go off, there's bots being, you know, motivated to come after you. Elder, I think you're feeling protective of your current family, but you might not be looking for your family to continue to grow. I don't know. Or you you want to keep recruiting or are there other ways you want to solve the problem of they're definitely mobilizing forces to get you? You hear, you know, pounding clatter of feet. You hear some grinding of gears. Like there are definitely more on their way from side passages of this station. Can we neutralize that alarm? You certainly could. There's plenty of access panels. You know, since this is our, our station, we can have whatever you like. How would you like to go about deactivating the alarm? Or what's the suggestion? Sounds like our hacker. <laughs> is that me? Am I the hacker? <laughs> you are the most hacker of the group of non-hackers. Okay. I think as we are heading down one of these hallways, mm-hmm. Jester just pauses and like sees an open panel, turns really quick, and like R2-D2, just little like, appendage flips out and he's gonna try to like just very quickly hack into the system and see if this alarm can be disabled okay so the goal is to disable the alarm i would say it's a little risky but i think that could have great effect you're you're definitely skilled in this sort of task and it seems like it's just shutting off an alarm what could go wrong i hate that <laughs> since we've got the other robots on our mm-hmm. side would that give him anything extra I was going to say it would improve the effect, I think, if he's successful. Okay. Can I ask what hacking tools do? I assume they would be helpful in hacking yeah. to like hacking in some way. They really should be. I forgot you had those. 
So I'd say you could use your hacking tools if you want to do more than just set off the alarm. Okay. If there's some other effect you'd like to have, since you are a hacker. I guess, could we have a flashback to back on the ship where Jester is preparing for the mission Mm -hmm. and loads up some hacking protocols? So just to have them, it's not something you'd have to flashback for. It'd be if you want something specific, but there certainly could be something specific if you were trying to have a desired effect on the station besides just disable alarms. It could be anything you want. We don't know it'll be successful, but you certainly could have Mm. prepped such a thing. Team, is there anything that you think would be useful besides turning off the alarm? So we're in the middle of the flashback, right? Yeah, so basically for the purposes of the game, flashbacks are no different than what's happening in the scenes. You can describe it same as if it was happening now. If it's something easy, like I was saying, if it's just I loaded up some hacking protocols, that won't cost you any stress, and you just do your regular roll to see if it happened. If it's really complex... Like, if you guys build out something that you're like, we want this series of effects from these hacking protocols, then it would cost you some stress. But otherwise, you also, if it's something you wanted to have with you, it's already, you could already just have it if it's in your loadout. But I like the idea of prepping some hacking protocols, since you knew this was an AI-run station. I have a suggestion for beyond just turning off the alarm, and I think it would be, like, to send the all-clear and stand down. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. Okay. So we've got like a full like security wipe protocol, not just turning off the alarm. Gotcha. It's sort of the uh, digital version of your, you saw nothing happen here. Everything is fine. <laughs> Please go about your business. Yeah, I'd say that would probably cost you one stress if you were trying to prep those specific protocols for this station. Like you did your research, you were checking what the protocols were, and you prepped programs to override those. We are professionals, and Jester absolutely did that. Yes, exactly. Jester knew all along that this could be useful. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I guess I would hear a devil's bargain. I'll pretty much always hear a devil's bargain. (laughs) What if they got into Jester's head? Oh, a little bit. Okay. What? What would? How would that affect him? I like this idea a lot. Yeah. So it's like a long hookup time that allows for some like counter programming. He's like, yeah, why would I run it separately? I'll just run it straight through my own <laughs> AI brain. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it gives up some of the information of our plan. I like that maybe we can push it a little further. Not that it has to be a negative. They already know your life story, so there's nothing about you they particularly need. <laughs> I would say, and, and we know the uh, message you're trying to send is, is on hard copy, so it's that's not in your brain. Maybe it gives you a bit of sympathy for the AI that runs this station. You actually connect with the AI that runs it. You know, there's an AI overlord. And despite, you know, being on a message of freedom, perhaps you're you're open to uh, the hegemonic news network's goal to crowdsource the news and provide news at low cost to everyone. Subscribe. Mm, sure. And like. Uh, <laughs> I think... Devil's bargains, I think, always make things more interesting. Yeah. So I will take that devil's bargain okay. and get like a weird patch through connection to the AI overlord while I'm running the systems all clear. Yeah, maybe it's like almost like little mental pop-ups that happen every so often. It's all very pro, you know, hegemonic news network. Okay. <laughs> and I would assume you have to share that with the group when it happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You are now our propaganda life feed. <laughs> Not, sporadically, right? When, when, you, when you least expected it, it pops up. And he's like, did you know that if you subscribe to the Hegemonic News Network now, you can get bonus bites for all of our live streams? <laughs> uh, amazing. Unlock our custom emojis. <laughs> My poor Urbot is so confused already. Okay. <laughs> he's just beginning to get right. a sense of self. But yeah, that does give you another die. Okay. Uh, that's a five. Yeah. All right. So you are going to get your great success which means all of your programs work, you know? 
you put into effect the not just overriding the alarm, but disabling all of the systems that might be alerted to you. Give it the all clear. You're pretty sure the AI overlord is no longer concerned about your presence right now, that there was just a, a weird bug in the system that has been corrected. But there's going to be a complication because we, we did not get a critical success. We've already got the uh, unfortunate upload of, well, I guess sort of almost like malware <laughs> to poor Jester. Yeah, basically. What what would be an additional complication or, or anything like that, that you guys think could happen? I was going to say, maybe the AI has developed a fascination <gasps> with Jester. Ooh. Hmm. Okay, what was your suggestion, Stace? Oh, yeah, not that cool, but I was going <laughs> to... Like, maybe it knows something of the ship's capabilities that, like, it is a fast but fragile ship. Uh-huh. Mm, those are both really good. I-, I mean, I vote for Daniel's idea, if we're voting. Oh, okay, you vote, you vote for AI obsession. Yes. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> <laughs> so the Overlord... I would say has developed a fascination with this new cognition that it has been connected to, but it doesn't know exactly where you are or what you're doing, but it knows you are present. Does that sound fair? So it doesn't uh, take away from what you were trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So you are not currently being detected. The alarms are not going off. Forces are not being mobilized against you, but the the AI might be looking for you to have a conversation, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So the alarms go off. Jester kind of turns around and says... The security protocols are all clear. Also, did you know that Hegemony News crowdsources 24-hour, 7-day-a-week interstellar news from users across the verse? I did know that, Jester, but thank you for sharing. Subscribe and rate five stars now. Yvonne holds out like a little built-in data pad, like offering it to you if you would like to subscribe. Because she's here for the freedom, but she's still programmed to support the news network. Okay, just because I like you guys. <laughs> and <laughs> Eldra will take the bat and like and subscribe under Pancake's uh, username. <laughs> you don't want to do that because Pancake personally has a one-star rating, so his votes don't count anymore. <laughs> oh, all right. Under her, and she, and she would know that, so she does it under her. Or own. her throwaway account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. C32, or Yvonne, as you know her now, is leading you through these labyrinthine corridors. You know, it's like any space station you've seen before. Fortunately, all of the forces that would be mobilized against you, you do walk past some, but they seem to be, you know, just in like their standard sentry mode and you're with someone who's authorized on the station so far, so there's no problems. Pancake is bored, but he is focused on ships, so I would say he's probably taking time to take notice of how they're going, like what path we're taking, like what's the path through the ship. He's like, two rights, a left, a right, a left, because you don't want to get lost in here, because maybe that's what happened to the fourth crew member. You don't actually know what happened to him. He just got left behind in some very maze-like uh, corridors at some point. Yeah, had nothing to do with Pancake or really anybody here. It just happened, but we don't want to talk about it. But I'll say you get to a point where your corridor kind of opens out into a large, wide space that looks almost like a sort of hangar. You see there are like numerous, looks like little sentry droids that are floating around, just sort of like you know, keeping an eye on the area. And you see that there are actually a couple of ships here, which is unexpected. A small craft, perhaps almost more like shuttles for going down to the planet, but that's not something you would have expected to see. And uh, Yvonne's going to turn and say, I'm afraid my authorization ends here. I can continue to go with you, but I cannot guarantee your safety from this point on. And what you could tell is an attempt to do an impression of Jester, who's (laughs) obviously... The leader of this group now. <laughs> the robots. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
where do these ships go? Aren't we in the center of the station by now? Like, how would these ships get out? So it's like sort of a, a half moon sort of setup. So you came in at one end and you sort of made your way across. So, you know, you're going to like basically the other end. Okay. okay. It's more like one of those open hangars that just has a, a force field out the front so they can just come and go. You guys came and, and docked at like the, the guest entrance over on the side where you left your ship. But you really would not have expected this to be here. This this doesn't quite make sense. Yvonne, do you have any authority over those shuttles? I do not know why they are here. I can find no information in my databanks. Do you know how to pilot one if you had to? Huh. No. I am not programmed for flight operations. You and the other bots maybe go into one and stand guard so that we have an option of leaving by one of these later? Perhaps. I believe we would have to get the codes for unlocking said ships. I would assume they have not been left unlocked. Oh, I have no doubts that my friend Jester here can take care of that. And he, like, smacks Jester on the back, like, way too hard. (laughs) Guys, um, it's a pretty good idea. Like, I see what you're going for, but I'm not sure that my children are ready for this. (laughs) You know, this is kind of an independent mission. I'd really feel more comfortable if they would stay with me. Well, you got to kick them out of the nest sometimes. I mean, like, where I come from, I mean, they kick us down into the gravity well really early. Pancake, that hasn't worked out well for you, has it? Uh, what are you talking about? Oh, it has. It's what made me the man I am today. Just because it worked for you doesn't mean that I want it for my children. Wow. Wow. We're going to have to revisit this together later. Oh, oh no. <laughs> How does Pancake look? <laughs> Is he? I don't know what a sad Pancake looks like. Well, so he's he's kind of probably since he's in low G, like it's very hard to tell any expression on his face at all. Mm-hmm. But I would say Jester as an automaton and an Urbot, I would guess that your vision is better. And you can see like deep within the folds of his face, there's just a single tear <gasps> forming. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Moisture content detected. <laughs> Elsa just melts because Pancake's been hers longer than her bot army's been hers. So does she does she try to comfort him? Yeah. I'm so, uh, Pancake, you're, you're a great pilot. You've been with us a long time. I'm so sorry. It's just that my children are new, you know, and I just worry about them. I just got them. As you're saying this, you've turned away from them to focus on Pancake. They're walking towards one of the ships. It seems like maybe they misunderstood <laughs> the messaging and they're just like, ah, are, we're supposed to go get on the ship. So they're just like, you know, little rows of a bot with Yvonne just marching towards the nearest shuttle. What would you guys like to do about that? (laughs) Hope you're happy, Pancake. I think it's a great idea. It's good for us to have multiple avenues of getting back to the Raven. We can either go back the way we came in, or we could go out through the shuttles and go over and dock with the Raven's other port. As you guys are talking, you see one of those, like, floating sentry droids appears to be scanning the robots who are heading towards the shuttle with, like, a green beam. You see it's starting to turn to a red color, as if, you know, they are not passing the scan. Or it could have been a terrible idea, <laughs> and we should take care of the sentry bots. What I'm saying is, no one could have predicted this. <laughs> It'll be fine. But we should make a decision soon about the sentry bots, or if we should just get going and, you know, let our new babies fly. Warning, you are not authorized to approach this vehicle. Please return to your proper positions. I mean, who knows what could happen, but, you know, it's up to you guys what you want. We will be forced to take action if you do not respond in the appropriate manner. 
<laughs> so Eldra pulls out her blaster pistol and she's going to shoot that darn sentry by. Yes, I think that that sounds like the thing that she would do. <laughs> Pancake is like, just he reaches into his folds and pulls out a blaster pistol as well. I had that to my loadout. All right. So <laughs> uh, is Jester taking part in this violence in some way? Not yet. Not yet. I think he's going to, I'm going to like watch and see how this goes, but Jester's not the combat first type of robot. Okay. So I think this could be a group action. I know it's a, it's a group of two in this case, but you're trying to take out the endangering uh, sentry droid. So unless I'm wrong, it sounds like you're planning to use scrap and go with the combat approach and just take it out. Mm-hmm. So who would be leading that action role? Eldra, for sure. Yeah, Sounds I think like Eldra. So. Since these are her children <laughs> who are trying to fly the nest yes. far too young. <laughs> <laughs> he just got here, darn it. Uh, yep. The little guys, they're ready to go. Uh, by the way, if it's just Eldra wants to take out the single sentry droid, you can just scrap to try to remove it. Would you like to do something more complex with your action, which is, it sounds like, try to get them out of danger altogether, right? Which, is that try to get them into that ship? I think at this point, that's what, yeah. Okay. Into the ship. Us with them or not, like, that seems to be Pancake's plan, so potentially. <laughs> potentially. Who can say <laughs> if this is a good idea or not? What is the plan? <laughs> All right. So I think that sounds good. Since you're in the group action, you each make an action roll using the same action. For any roll pre or lower, Elder would take stress, but you're going to get to take the higher roll. That you get to roll for scrap, and you can still add your dice as, as you wanted to. So if you wanted to add a gambit, you can. It's basically just adding pancakes die to the to the pool as well. Okay, so our position right now, risky or desperate? I would say it's it's a little desperate. They're about to get fired upon. <laughs> I didn't even advocate for control. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> Not at this point. But you think you could have a standard, it would be standard effect if you're successful. I would entertain a devil's bargain, and I think I know what I would want. Oh, I'm, I'm so ready for this pitch. I think that some of them survive. At least some of them survive. Oh, no. If not most, <laughs> but not all. You're going to sacrifice two of them, <laughs> I think. You're, okay. Is that sound? I'm imagining there's about like... Yeah, that's about what I was picturing too. Okay. Is it Yvonne? She's the named one. No. I want to say Yvonne's her Okay. I was just going to say, I was also going to offer a devil's bargain and make it so that Yvonne was definitely the one that got lost because it would make for fun role no. playing attention. <laughs> Well, Eldra doesn't view Yvonne as one of her children. You didn't recruit her. But she, yeah. Okay, so you are going to sacrifice Yvonne to to save your children, is your devil's bargain, it sounds like. I'd say you could save all of them if you're successful. Sorry, Chester. If Yvonne is being sacrificed, Mm -hmm. I think it's probably Pancake's fault. That seems quite possible. So, yeah, I think think that's a fair devil's bargain, so... It really feels like one. It feels like the devil's bargain. <laughs> Literally right. the only named character besides AI Overlord. <laughs> Sacrifices must be made. That's what happened to crew member number four. <laughs> we, d- we don't speak of that. So what's the position? I would say the position is pretty desperate at this point, but I think you can have a standard effect if, if you're successful. Like, I think you can do it. It can be done. Oh, is Pancake rolling? Yeah, so Pancake, uh, you can go ahead and do a separate roll, and we'll just, it's, it basically, if your roll is higher than hers, then your would count. So my Devil's Bargain would give me one bonus dice, right? So yeah, you do your two separate rolls, and then we look at all of the rolls, and the highest number is the one that counts. But if Pancake rolls, like, 
two twos that'll add stress to Eldra. That's okay. You guys have not burned a lot of stress yet. So I got a six. Yep. Yeah, I step away. Awesome. Okay, so... (laughs) But wait, uh, did you actually roll? Yeah, I got a four. Okay, cool. So the highest roll of the group is a six. There is one two in Pancake's roll, so you take one stress for Eldra from the group check, Mm -hmm. but you are going to be successful without complications, besides the devil's bargain that was agreed upon. Do you want to describe what that looks like from Pancake's perspective, as Eldra's desperately trying to get her children onto that ship and keep away the sentry droids who are obviously about to open fire? So I think Eldra gets a couple great blasts in on the sentry bot as she's moving her children in, and there's a moment there where there's one point that's very difficult, where like some of them are going to get going, and he can... Pancake can sort of see, like, the desperate look in Eldra's eyes, and he knows he can't get in the way of the blast, and so instead he shoves the next thing that looks less important to him than crew, and it ends up being Yvonne, and she ends up and gets hit with the blast, like, directly in the throat, which in her model, since she's a media Mm -hmm. droid, is actually one of the core parts of her CPU irreparably destroyed. Can I resist someone else's success? <laughs> okay, so I don't think you can undo the effects of a devil's bargain with resisting yeah, that. <laughs> but they're loaded up on the ship. They're not flying away on the ship, but they seem to be... The, the bot children are secured from Eldra's perspective, despite the loss of Yvonne. Yeah. And from Pancake's point of view, he's just showing them like the basics of this shuttle, like of what to do, <laughs> like to keep it warmed up. Okay. How is Jester responding from moody teen too things have taken a tragic turn <laughs> i think jester like is there a way you could like upload the program like grab the cbu you want to hack her consciousness <laughs> basically yes yvonne you deserve so much more than this all right i think this is going to be a hack if you're trying to hack her consciousness <laughs> and archive it somehow like i don't know if that's on a like a little thumb drive i'm not sure what that looks like but I think you yeah. can certainly try to do this. If this is possible. This is incredibly desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I because she has that. been shot through as we've determined a crucial part of her, you know, self. I think this is a ridiculous thing to do, but I think I'm going to push myself. Okay. So that'll give me an extra. Mm-hmm. And there's no devil's bargain. You still have, the crew has what, two gambits right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, did we generate another one from that desperate Yeah, six? we did. Okay, so we have three. My guilt drives me to insist that you take a gambit. Okay. (laughs) If the crew's okay with it, I'll take a gambit here too, even though it has literally nothing to do with her. (laughs) You're like, why are we here? Something with a punk group. (laughs) It's so much bigger than that now. (laughs) This is more important. Okay, so that's two bonus Mm -hmm. dice. I think you could have standard effect. You're right there on the spot. You're just trying to gather the digital data that is herself. Okay. That's a six. Nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Actually, describe to me, what does this, the scene look like? I think maybe we get a little bit of, like, sci fantasy mm-hmm. here with the way coming into it, too. Oh, yeah. So I think there's, like, you know, a physical, like, electronic hookup. But I think there's also, like, a way component as well, where we see the, the currents of the way sort of flowing out from Almagest and, like, through sort of like a digital space and like mapping out elements of consciousness that, you know, kind of flow out and cosmic patterns looking a bit like a galaxy and then sort of all 
folds in on itself and then comes back in through this this cable. And now there's a digital upload of <laughs> Yvonne's consciousness in Alma chest. Something for to be resolved later and see what her wishes are. <laughs> but for now, she's archived. <laughs> Currently, you've dealt with all of the sentry droids that were patrolling this secret hangar. Your children are stowed in the shuttle. Yvonne had indicated the way forward was to, you know, go basically across and then into an area that she didn't know, which, you know, is the other half of this sort of crescent moon-shaped station. They're going to make your way up to that AI control module where the overlord uh, has the authorization for a physical upload <laughs> of, of the the disc. Yep. Question about the children. This sounds so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Your intentions are to leave them idling, stay here, stay safe, keep the engines warmed up until we come back? Or is Eldra giving them some direction? Pancake's saying, wait here for us. And what is Eldra telling them? Eldra's telling them to stay in the shuttle, but we're going to go to the port on the other end of the crescent mm-hmm. if we think it's closer to the AI. Yeah. Yeah. So you want them to just stay here, stay safe? You're not telling them to take the ship anywhere because... All they know about flying, they just learned from Pancake in the past two minutes. But we're still in the central hangar, right? So if we believe that the other Mm -hmm. end, if there's a docking station on the other end of the crescent that's closer to the AI control area, she would want to fly out of the hangar, Ah. dock there with the children, and then leave them in the shuttle. Okay. Like, I think which was maybe one of Pancake's plans. If we think that that's where the core is, Pancake is totally fine doing it that way. I was assuming that the AI would be closer to the center, like the inner core of the station. But it was a little unclear, but it seemed to, because Yvonne didn't know kind of what, what lay beyond, but she thought it was at the opposite end of, of the crescent. Yeah, Pancake's happy then to fly the shuttle over there. And you can fly anything, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it flies through space and it can burn at high G. Pancake's good with it. Okay. So it sounds like you're all settling into the shuttle and preparing just to exit the hangar, dock on the side of the crescent, and then enter that way and go to the AI control module, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And Eldra's like checking harnesses and seat belts. Okay. Are you strapping them all in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. They're like these big hulking robots. <laughs> She's making sure that everyone has a five point. Get them a little pack. Like <laughs> Do you need any WD-40? Would you like a snack? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for going all in on this. <laughs> Pancake does have repair tools if you need WD-40 or something like that. There you go. So so not only do you make sure they're safe, you make sure they're all in tip-top shape, well taken care of. Yeah. Everyone's happy. Except Jester. Pancake, come check out this elbow joint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is Jester, like, in shock? Like, how is he doing? I mean, I think... Whenever Jester and Pancake rendezvous, there's a quick scene of, like, we will have a conversation about proper safety protocols on the ship once the mission is complete. But then, like, as Eldra's, like, strapping in all of these bots, Jester's giving, like, an impassioned speech, like, the revolution does not die with one bot. (laughs) We must remember Yvonne, her physical form. There may be options later. Stay tuned. (laughs) The 
intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners. Hello everyone and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative driven and crisply edited, painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR, Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. What does a nano turn thief? I'm pretty strict about what jobs I do. A right turn fugitive. We can't go there. A laid back monk with financial problems. We got monsters incoming. Why? Natural instinct, I assume. <laughs> and a disgraced performer having common. Are you famous? Define fame. They've all been contracted in a recruitment exercise they cannot begin to understand. Explorers Wanted is a weekly Numenera actual play podcast about exploration, intrigue, and friendship. To learn more, visit explorerswanted.fm.